Hello, and welcome to another Lessons from the Battlefield. I'm Ben. I'm Tori. And um, we do these weekly podcasts. Uh, for those of you who are paid subscribers, you, you're tuned into this every week as we put in uh, just another time to touch base with you and talk about the things that we believe that God's putting on our hearts for this the community of believers that, w- that we're all a part of. And um, for those of you who are free subscribers, we just encourage you to check out the paid option. Instead of getting these these podcasts once a month, you'd get one every week. Um, we just really believe that they could speak into your life. We really believe that they can encourage you. And so we just wanted to really um, make sure you are aware that that's an option. It's only $5 a month, so we really just want to encourage you to look into that and be a part of a greater community. But as we kind of go into this this, this month and this particular podcast today, we want to talk about experiencing Jesus and what that means. And if you don't have an understanding of what that phrase even means, then this podcast is definitely for you. If, if you do understand what that means, this is still for you because we're going to talk about not only why it's important, but that it's, it's the fundamental principle of Christianity, period. If you're not experiencing Jesus in your Christian walk, then something's missing. It's the entire point of of yeah. Christianity, and it's it's to me it's sad that we have to say that. Yeah. Um. I think we we as a people, just as human beings, I think we're suckers for turning things into an institution, and in the United States especially, we've we've turned Christianity into an institution. Um, in a lot of ways, a lot of churches have done that, where we've homogenized and packaged Jesus mm-hmm. and Sundays are like routines and they're not focused on experiencing the one yeah. that we take the name of Christian Christian means little Christ or yeah. Christ like, and it isn't like, and I think what we've done is we've gotten away from the idea that to follow Jesus means that we don't just take on the things that he taught and then try to adhere to those things and live a life that's just we're good to people mm-hmm. and we don't do anything immoral and we're kind and nice to people and that's it. Right. It you know, being a follower of Jesus means that we know him. Yeah. And are seeking experiences with him. Mm-hmm. Um I've even heard a lot of and I know you have too, or even heard sermons before where People are anti-experience, where it's like you know, it, you know, you're looking for signs and gifts and wonders, and you're, you know, you're focused in the wrong place. And and I get where they're coming from to a degree, um, but at the same time, it's like Jesus did the miracles he did to point people to the Father. Yeah. By design, the miracles still today are supposed to do the same thing. Yeah. It isn't that we're looking for magic tricks. No. It's, it's, it's when you say the fingerprints of a supernatural God, you can't, your heart and mind can't help but look deeper. Yeah. Where, where or who, yeah, where or who is this coming from? Yeah. Um, Jesus didn't come so that we would memorize scripture and yeah. try to adhere to a set of laws and rules. That's with, what people were doing and he came to shift. Right. That's what people were already doing in Israel when he showed up. And yeah, and that's why when you hear a lot of the world say, like, say I 
you know, I'm not interested in Christianity or it's just religion, there's a valid reason to that because they're not, you know, what, what, when people that do find Jesus and encounter him or when they, people who are lost to the ones that actually convert, it's because they, we all can say this. I know that when I got set free, that wasn't just a word Mm -hmm. that I read. It was, I experienced freedom. I experienced the person who brought freedom. I experienced Jesus. And because of that moment, I got, I got set free, healed, saved, delivered. Mm -hmm. And, and that became a, just a, just a point of, okay, this is the basis of our relationship is I can, I can encounter you. I think that's like what you were saying about, you know, the emotional side of things and the experience. It's, we're not, the point that Ben's making, it's not, we're not trying to just conjure up in it, an emotional experience no. every single time we talk about Jesus or, or spend time with him. But the point is, think of it this way, when you're in relationship with people that you really love, whether it's your spouse or your parents that you care for or your children, it's you're, you're, you're spending time it's absorbing each other's presence. Mm-hmm. It's not just learning about what they like and then never actually doing things together. Yeah. That's the difference. I think too, um, I think one of the things that's been rocking us lately is that reality that Jesus, although he was God and came to earth to save people, he, you see it over and over again. He like the main thing he said was I'm, Oh, I do what my father's doing, or I only do actually what my father's doing. Mm-hmm. And I came to reveal the father. So it wasn't actually, I came, like, I, I am the son of God, but everything was connected to, okay, yeah. this is me, but I have a God or a father who loves you. And it was all out of relationship. It was mm-hmm. everything he said and did was out of that intimacy, out of that relationship and then pointed us towards a relationship. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what he was, again, it's, he's trying to show us. It's not about just knowing who he is. Mm-hmm. It's that opportunity that to actually literally be in a real authentic relationship with him mm-hmm. daily. He didn't, he didn't come to bring a belief system. No. And say, that's what we've made Christianity become. Yeah. It's, it's uh, be a better you. Right. It's the power of positive thinking. It's, yeah. You know, Jesus didn't come to be a motivational speaker. No. He didn't even come to convince people there was a God. We know there's a God. Yeah. Even people that claim to be atheists, when it gets bad enough, they're praying to somebody. Yeah. That, you know what I mean? You know inherently that there's someone out there. Everyone does. Deep down at their core, no matter how stubborn they want to be or how rebellious they want to be in that answer. Deep down inside, you know there's someone greater than you out there. Yeah. And Jesus didn't even come to convince people that. When he said he came to show people the Father, it wasn't to tell them there's a God out there. Israel already worshipped God. Yeah. What they didn't understand was they didn't understand how to know him. Right. And that was that that's been God's desire for human beings yeah. all the way through the Bible, that they would know me. Yeah. That they may know me, you know. Um, so we're talking about I mean, that's the essence of Christianity, is or at least it's supposed to be, is uh, authentic faith in Jesus, transcending religious traditions and 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 rituals. It's not the routines of Christianity, it's not even the disciplines. Mm-mm. It's knowing Jesus, having a relationship with him. Yeah. It's not just knowing about him. 
Yeah. It's knowing him. I've used this illustration before. I could go out and buy every book and read, you know, every book I can find and surf every website on the President of the United States. I could quote that stuff to anyone that asked, what's the president like? And I could rattle off the stuff. It doesn't mean I know him. Yeah. We've never met. But I could convince everybody we're, you know, we're best friends by the stuff I know about him. It's, it, but knowing him is a completely different thing. Yeah. You know, and it's like that with anything or any, anyone, really. You know, yeah. you can't, um, in the movie Goodwill Hunting, Robin Williams has a scene with Matt Damon where they illustrate the same kind of principle where Robin Williams asks Matt Damon about um, Notre Dame Cathedral, what's it like? And Matt Damon rattles off everything he's ever read about Notre Dame. And then Robin Williams asks him, what does it smell like? Yeah. And Matt Damon doesn't know. And he goes, yeah. I know, because you've never been there. Yeah. You know, so That's deep down inside, spiritually, people react to that. People know when they encounter a Christian who rattles off religion. Yeah. Versus someone who's really encountered Jesus. Yeah. Oh, and man. The Bible makes sure it, it singles that out. You and I have mentioned this before in prior podcasts. Um, when Peter and John go to, I believe it's Ephesus, it says that the people witnessed these two guys and could tell they were clearly uneducated men, but they, had, but they knew Jesus. That's, what the, that's the actual verse. Mm -hmm. They were uneducated men, but they knew Jesus. And that's all it took to convert everyone that they encountered on that trip. Yeah. It wasn't what they knew. It's who they knew. Yeah. And that experience, tangible experience of in relationship affected people. And I think, I, I mean, I can think back across my life. I know you can too, to when you encounter, you, even, we grew up in very religious environments, you and I both. And, and how many people rattled off Bible verses and were just pharisaical, to be honest, yeah. in a lot of ways growing up. I mean, those are a, were a dime a dozen. But the people that I met that I could tell there was something completely different in their relationship between them and God, that impacted me and it yeah. stayed with me because yeah. they weren't the same as everyone else. Yeah. It was experience versus, no, it was knowing, knowing personally versus knowing about. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. Um, Philippians 3 verse 10 is the verse that just nails that home. Paul wrote this. He wrote that I may know him yeah. and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. That's the King James Version. The NIV Version says um, that, I could, that, I that I would have a relationship with him, mm -hmm. that I may know him. Yeah. Paul's focus wasn't, Paul grew up a Pharisee and was trained a Pharisee. So everything he knew about God wasn't enough. And he knew it until he counter, encountered Jesus and realized, oh my gosh, everything I thought I knew, I don't know anything. And now my only focus is that I know him. Mm -hmm. And then I know of the power of his resurrection. And then I know of the fellowship of his suffering yeah. and what those things really mean and how that affects my life. But that I know him is the priority. Yeah. You know, it isn't sitting in church every Sunday hearing a five-point sermon about some biblical topic. That's great. And it has its place because it educates. Yeah. But if it isn't leading you into a deeper 
relationship with Jesus or a deeper hunger to know him in, in, a, in a way that you don't know him currently. Mm-hmm. I want to know something about you today, Lord, that I didn't know about you yesterday. Then it doesn't amount to much. Mm-hmm. It's true. I mean, if you think of the fact that like, the in Scripture, all of the disciples, the, almost every single one was murdered. Yeah. Because of, they, they didn't, you don't get that many people Mm-mm. to just die. Mm-mm. And they all knew it. Like, you know, one would one would get murdered and then the next ones, you know, it wasn't, okay, well, mm-hmm. James was murdered, so never mind, maybe we should turn around. It, right. They all knew what their fate was most likely. Yeah, that's a really good point. And People don't give their lives for a principle. You don't give your life for a principle yeah. or a mindset, but you give your life for someone you love. Yeah, 100%. You know? That to me has always been the, the thing that proves that Jesus was legit from the get-go. You can't have millions upon millions of people give their lives for someone who isn't real. Right. <laughs> They're adhering to someone that they believe so deeply in and love so deeply that they were willing to not only die, but some of them, many of them, dying agonizing, horrible yeah, deaths. brutally murdered. Yeah. You know, th- there's a lot. Of, I don't know of too many Christians that, and especially in the United States, that would be willing to die for Jesus now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a sad truth. Yeah. You know, and maybe that sounds accusational. It's not intended to. But the truth of it is, is that we, we've, in a lot of ways, we've developed, we've, we've morphed our, our walk with Jesus into, into something that's just like routine. Yeah. Um, that we don't give much thought to often. Mm-hmm. Or we've convinced ourselves that the more we can learn, the higher, quote-unquote, higher we go or, quote-unquote, deeper we go. Yeah. You know? And Bible knowledge and scriptural knowledge, by the way, um, has its place. I mean, you can't know what you know. A lot of things, most of what we know about Jesus only comes from his word. Well, especially because Jesus is the word itself. He's the word made flesh. Yeah. And so you can't, so it's very important to, 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 to note that it's not possible to know Jesus unless you're spending time in the Word of God. However, without seeking experiential um, relationship with Him through Scripture mm-hmm. and in day-to-day life, not just re- sitting down and reading the book. Yeah, you know, you can't have the depth of intimacy that He longs for you to have with Him. It has to have. You have to have both. Right. There has to be both. Um, not one at the expense of the other. There's a lot of Christians out there who never read their Bible, and they're like, well, I have a relationship with Jesus. And it's like, okay, well, that can only go so far without being influenced by his word. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of Christians that do the opposite. They spend time in, with their noses in their Bible constantly, but miss what he's doing right in front of them. Yeah, Jesus said that to the Pharisees during his earthly ministry, you know. The message translation says it great. He's, it's, he, he's like, you have your noses just buried in your Bible, but your the word, but the the scriptures point to me. Yeah, I'm right here. I'm standing right here, and you're missing it. Yeah, you're missing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm annoying you so bad from your traditions that you want me dead. Yeah, is it? You know? Yeah. So it's it there. It has to have it. Both both things have it have to have their place. The 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 transformative power of Reading and meditating on the on, on in the Word definitely can bring experiential moments with Jesus. He is the Word made flesh. Mm-hmm. But the scriptures, because the scriptures reveal His character, they reveal not just what He said and what He did, but His character, His love for people, His love for us. 
Um, John 5 talks about that. That's the scripture I just referenced, if you want to look that up, where Jesus says to the Pharisees, yeah, that you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. But those are the very scriptures that testify of me. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, and that is is key in terms of knowing and experiencing Jesus is the word of God. But seeking him in day-to-day life is what Jesus, Jesus was about and is during his earthly ministry also. Remember, other than the Torah, no one in Israel had a New Testament. Mm-mm. So the only way they can encounter Jesus is if they sought him out in yeah. regular living. Yeah. You know, same with the disciples. I mean, they're, they're walking around with him. It was like, you want real encounters with him, you better get to know this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, not yeah. just going back into the Torah and looking at the prophecies about him. That wasn't enough. Mm-mm. He was doing things in their midst. And if they were, if they if they blinked, they missed it. Yeah, you know. And we do the same thing. We can either get so religious that we miss what he's doing, or we can get so lazy, we can miss 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 him too. Yeah. Well, and what know? I think is interesting too is they all. I mean, they all. It's it's recorded. They all thought that he was coming to basically start an uprising in terms of it was a you know going to war literally. Yeah. But I mean, he did that, but it was shifting the way that the world. their entire existence in the way in which they perceived life right because he Mm -hmm. was freedom itself but it's interesting because you know it was at a time in history to where it was so needed but they had to trust him on a a level they never had before because they again they had okay the torah says this just here's all the prophecies so we all expect him to do this and he Mm -hmm. He was so radically different from what they had expected. I mean, you know, they're questioning him constantly. And so think of that now, you know, it's, there's God's, it is true that scripture is like, we, we have the mind of Christ and we can know him, but his ways are higher. And a lot of times it's like, you're saying the things that are right in front of you or the things that are seem, seem so different or outside of the box or wrong or weird or backwards. A lot of times is Jesus saying, come over here. And we can't know that unless mm. we learn to hear his voice or what he sounds like and looks like and, and spend time with him, right? Yeah. I think a lot of those, you know, there's been moments where you and I have, he's led us into situations to where a lot of people might look on the outside and say, like, you're in sin or this is wrong or that's not God. But when you know that you know that you know his nature and his character and his heart for you, and that is at the foundation, mm-hmm. then even if it seems dark or confusing or different, you know, or not what you had expected. Sometimes he leads you into those moments or places because there's, yeah, he has a plan for it. I yeah. think that that's what we're trying to get at with Jesus is that he, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's Jesus is just about authenticity. Yeah. That's all he's ever been about. You know what I mean? He doesn't, he's not about anything other than, this is who I am. This is what I. This is what my heart is about you, mm-hmm. and this is what my heart is about the world. You know, be in be in relationship with me. Be my friend, and I'll share my heart with you. Yeah, and it's a sad thing when Christians don't understand that. Mm-hmm. The very people that are taking on His name, yeah, don't understand what it means to know Him. Yeah, and um, we just had a conversation recently with an individual. And, and I asked him that question, like, what is it about 
your ministry and the things that you're pursuing right now that are leading you to experience Jesus. And this person didn't know what I was talking about. I didn't know how to answer it. What do you mean? And that hurt my heart for, for him. Yeah. I mean, it really it's did. Like, why, why are you even doing this? It was like, why this? are you even doing this then? Yeah. Because, I mean, surprise, you know, I hate to pop this on, on some of you, but when we go to be with the Lord one day, he's not going to ask us how many verses we memorized. He's not going to care Mm-mm. about what you think you know. He's going to care about whether we know him or not and whether he knows us. Jesus, that's, it's, one of the, it's one of the saddest verses in the Bible when Jesus prophesies that many people will do ministry in his name, casting out demons, healing the sick in his name. And he's going to say, I never knew you. Yeah. I mean, he, it's, a, it's a sad thing to think about how many millions of people out there. You attend church your whole life and you never really knew him. Yeah. You know, uh, that's, Jesus didn't say that stuff to scare us into something. He no, said it's it. an invitation. He said it because it's an invitation. It's like, you could know me. Yeah. Like, it just, stop doing all that. Like, it's not bad, but seek me first. Yeah. I mean, we're, the things that we're supposed to be doing on behalf of the kingdom, our personal ministries, we like to throw that around in Christian circles a lot. What's your ministry? We always ask people that. Churches love, love to talk about that. All of that stuff is supposed to come as a result of who you know. Mm-hmm. You're, we're not supposed to be doing ministry in, the, in an attempt to appear godly yeah. or in an attempt to make, bring us closer to Jesus. It's supposed to be the opposite. My pursuit of his heart as a byproduct makes me want to love other people in this way. And That's what, my ministry. And that, and that, you don't even think of it as ministry like you're saying. It's just, it's a byproduct of that. I know him and I know he's so amazing and wonderful and good all the time. So I can't help but to choose actions in my life that will point towards him, you know, or or to say things that honor and glorify him because he's that good, right? It's that, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I, I need and want more of him and I can't help but live in such a way that wouldn't dishonor him. Mm -hmm. And live in such a way that would shine for him. It's yeah. not again. It's not that. It's not a task. It's not a, this like weird work type effort. It's just because of what he's done for me. I can't help but be transformed. Right. I can't help but talk about him. I, you know, it's funny. I found myself in conversations with people who aren't believers, and sometimes you know they'll ask you yes, certain questions of you know why why are you this way or how do you have this hope or you know, um, what is it about your life that makes you think this way? And it's, it's, it seems, you know, a lot of times they question, they might look at you funny, but the reality is it's, you know, okay, it's Jesus, you know, and mm-hmm. it, when you get to that point of realizing, wow, I, cause I, like you said, I've had people in my life growing up that were very religious and it was really off putting sometimes that they would talk about God and the way in which they would talk about him. And I realized it's because I yet one I hadn't had a relationship with Jesus really that was intimate yet, mm. but two once I did, I don't know it, it shifted things because it, then I was able to see who was their heart was really with him and for him when mm-hmm. when it wasn't yeah and um yeah just yeah I mean I I never really understood what that meant Mm-mm. growing up I, I I watched I watched the adults around me yeah as a kid and a teenager 
quote-unquote do church. You know what I mean? And I couldn't see, I saw a lot of religion, even though I didn't know that's what that was. But I couldn't understand how to know someone I couldn't see. And I, I'd never really been rocked on a deep level by the Lord at that young of an age. I'd never encountered him to the point where I was just like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. what is this? You know. Mm -hmm. And I saw some people weeping from time to time because they're encountering the Lord. And I'm thinking, especially as a teenager, so it like weirded me out. I'm like, what is going on? Or I thought it was emotion. Yeah. I thought it was just people that were just very emotional people. Yeah. And sometimes it made me uncomfortable. It was sure. just like, I don't know, yeah. like this, you know. And it wasn't until obviously years later that I encountered him for real on a deep personal level. And, and I shared this before, but I remember the first conscious thought that went through my head was, holy crap, he's really out there. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was like a matter of, I, I thought I believed in him. Until I encountered him, and I knew unequivocally that it was him. Yeah. And it was like, he's real? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so weird that you grow up in a Christian household and claiming never, to believe yeah. in somebody or something, and you realize at that moment, I never really believed until right now. You yeah. Know? And isn't that funny? Because then I think one of the things, too, that used to when I first, after I had encountered him and I was not mature enough to realize, it's like, it's not my job to explain away or to try to defend the church in the sense of, you know, like, well, you know, not all, sorry, what I'm saying is sometimes I think, because what, what, can, what can happen is you want to look back at people that have um, maybe you thought, you know, should know Jesus or you would love for them to. Uh, and when you're starting to share who he is, even, um, you, you're like, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm not like those ones over there. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's that danger there too, because it's, you know, which we've done, which we've done. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And I know I've had to really be careful of that because mm -hmm. the point is, you know, it's that one other scripture that it's, does it really matter if Christ is being preached? I mean, yeah, there's, but here's the thing. People are people. We're all in a journey. We're all in process. There's going to be good days, bad days. There's going to be mess. But at the end of the day, I think what you're saying and what I realized too was it, I just had to let those things go because once I really encountered Jesus for real and I mm. knew that I knew that I knew that he was God, Lord, Savior, Healer, Deliverer, Friend, all those things. It wasn't just stuff my parents taught me. It wasn't just stuff in school. Mm -hmm. And I was able to come to that belief and, you know, it's identity. It's who we are. Mm -hmm. um, then out of that, it, it just became an opportunity to live from that place. But what's kind of neat and what's really freeing about it is you start to lose, you don't, you don't care what people think of you and how, because, you know, then they start to realize if you're genuinely in love with Jesus and have encountered him and you're open about it when opportunities arise, because it is mm -hmm. genuine and it's not false and it's not just religious tradition and practices that a lot of the world sees. Yep. That is what will start to shift people's hearts because they'll realize, okay, like at first it might be, man, I'm really resistant to this person because they're a Christian. Mm -hmm. But when it's when you live your life born out of that intimacy with him, 
it does reflect differently. Right. Yeah. Well, so we I wanted to go and kind of veer off of what we had planned to talk about with this because I was we were going to go a little bit into like worship and and prayer life and scripture. But to be honest with you, I think it's better to to really just kind of put this out there is how can we, first of all, how can, because I'm sure a lot of you are listening to this right now and probably asking yourself, well, how do I know I'm really experiencing him? Where can I, how can I tell where I'm at in that journey? And I, a couple of things are, are the Lord revealed to me over the last several years in terms of discovering that and f- that kind of figuring out where my heart is and my motivation is in terms of knowing him. Yeah. One big question I like to ask people a lot is, can you tell me one thing that you know about Jesus that you didn't learn from reading it? Yeah. In other words, can you tell me something you know about the Lord personally because mm-hmm. you experienced it? For example, I, used to, I was horribly lactose intolerant most of my life. Horribly. I mean, I had to take like all these supplements and stuff if I eat a, ate a piece of pizza because my body would react so bad. Yeah. Get so sick from the slightest bit of like dairy product in my body. I'd get really almost allergic reaction, like yeah. bad. And the Lord healed me from that overnight. And I've never had an issue since. That was several, that was years ago. And I can eat anything without having a physical reaction, stuff that I could not eat eat at all when I was yeah. young. So I know that Jesus is a healer because he healed me. Yeah, and you can't argue that. I can't argue. I, I've read that, that Jesus healed many, yeah. that Jesus still heals. I've heard other people's testimonies. And so I knew that about him. But now I know he is because he healed me. Yeah. The same with... The fact that I know Jesus is a deliverer mm-hmm. because I was de- I dealt with demonic issues when I was at my most sinful and I was delivered from that supernaturally. I know Jesus is a deliverer because he delivered me. Yeah. So a good question to ask ourselves is if you're trying to gauge this in your own life is what are some things, or even if you can just name one thing, what are some things you know about Jesus that you didn't read about? Yeah. In other words, maybe you've read about this principle, but you never experienced it until this happened to you, and then you knew. Yeah. That's true about the Lord. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, you've read all your life or heard all your life in church that God is good and never really believed it until something happened and you realized God did that, yeah. and now I know he's good. Mm-hmm. Jesus is good. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good question to ask yourself. If you can't think of one thing, not one thing, then that's a good place to be in because now you can pursue that in prayer with him. Mm-hmm. Teach me something about you from experiencing you. It's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the deepest core meaning of the scripture that says taste and see that the Lord is good. It's experience. It isn't listen to the stories and know God is good. Yeah. It isn't read the word and know God is good. It's taste and see. It's take it into yourself. It's an experiential yeah. verse. It's talking about experiencing him. I can't know an apple tastes good unless I bite into it. I can take your word for it, 
or I could taste the apple. Yeah. And so it's, uh, that's an encouragement. That verse is an encouragement to do that. You can ask him that in prayer. Mm-hmm. But another thing is, for many of you, a lot, I know a lot of our listeners are involved in churches, plugged into ministries. Um, ask yourself this. Are you doing the ministry you're involved in because you felt like it was what you should do? Or are you doing the ministry you're involved in because that's where you meet Jesus at? Mm. And it isn't a question meant to like make you feel guilty because you can't answer the question or maybe the answer is surprises you and you're like, man, I rendered it to reevaluate what, what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. it that, that's not the purpose of the question. The purpose of the question is to uncover a Mary versus a Martha. Mm-hmm. Both, both women love Jesus. One just wanted to experience him. He's sitting in our living room. Yeah. The other one wanted to serve him. Both are good things, but one was better than the other. Mm-hmm. And we have a tendency to just get plugged in because that's where the need is. Yeah. They need me in children's church, so you go plug in a children's church. It doesn't bring you to life. You don't have the grace for it. It drains you. But you do it because there's a need. Or you do it because you were asked. Yeah. Or you, you know what I mean? Whatever the ministry might be or whatever you're plugged into. Or you do it because it's exciting. Yeah. It might be the opposite. Yeah. Wow, this, that's, that's exciting. Wow, that's crazy. I might, you know, what, what, I don't know what will happen with this. Let's find out, you know. There's nothing wrong with that, those things. But there's something better. And real ministry comes from knowing Jesus. You don't do it to know him. Mm-hmm. You do it from the, from the relationship you have with him. It flows out naturally. And so a great thing to do, another thing to do to discover where you are in your experiential journey with Jesus is ask yourself that. The stuff that I'm doing and why I'm doing it. You know, where is that coming from? Am I doing it because I, I feel like that's where Jesus' heart is for me right now? And that's where my heart is? Or I'm doing it because that's where the need is? You know, and then take that to the Lord. Talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. Um, see what his heart is about it. And then the last thing I would say is how, how you can better self-evaluate in terms of whether or not you're experiencing Jesus or not in, in a way that you could and should is start to change, shift the way you pray. Um, instead of going to the Lord and talking to Him about all the things that are on your heart and troubling you, and instead of bringing, just, just bringing requests to Him, Ask him what is on his heart. I've, I've been surprised how many Christians don't even think to do that. We usually come to him with a lot of stuff and then say amen. Yeah. Some, of, some Christians will bring to him a lot of stuff and then at least wait around for a little bit in silence to see if he says anything back. I mean, that's what a conversation is supposed to be. Yeah. And that's what we're, we need to be doing. But I'm, I've been surprised how few people will bring things to the Lord wait on his response, and then ask him questions about him. Yeah. Jesus, what's on your heart for this person? Yeah. What do you think of them? Um, what are you dreaming about today, Lord, that I can be a part of? Yeah. What's your heart for this church? You know, what, are you th- what are the things that you have in store? What are you working on right now? Mm-hmm. Or what person are you highly- highlighting that's going to come across my path today? Mm-hmm. And what can I do about that? Ask him what he dreams about, because he does. Yeah. 
You know, Jeremiah talks about that. I know the thoughts I have for you, declares the Lord. You know, it's 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 funny how we Christianity is all about relationship with Jesus and how bad we can be at that. <laughs> you know, real relationship. Um, so it's just a challenge for authentic faith. I think the more we do that as a corporate body, the more the more believers really seek out relationship with Jesus in that way. I think the more the church would look more like the Acts church mm. um, in Acts two, that authentic Christian community, because everything was done from a heart that longed to pursue Jesus, yeah. as opposed to hearts that were about ministry, hearts that were about turning church into an institution. Well, yeah, and churches you know? weren't churches, and the, they, they had fellowship because they needed places to meet and connect. Uh -huh. There was a hunger to know him deeper and to do that together versus those being established already and going to Exactly. Them. I mean, yeah. I mean, the early church was all about relationship, not yeah. just between Jesus and that individual, but about each other. Yeah. They so were... they're meeting in homes. Mm -hmm. My deep connections with the people that are in the living room with me. Mm-hmm. Bring me closer they to Jesus. They did life together. They, they did life they together. Sold possessions yeah. for one another. They mm -hmm. all, yeah. It's it became, it's I don't know. Yes, society looks different. Yes, the world's very progressive. Yes, a lot of us we all live in our own usually micro units spaced apart. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's an example. It's a there's a invitation for us to to really shift that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the point of of why. In the book of Acts, when it talks about the Christian community and how they live together and stuff, I don't think the point was that Jesus was saying, 2,000 years from now, I still want you to live this exact way they are. I think the point was the heart of where they were at yeah, and their motivations behind it and how they were all of one mind and heart. They were unified mm -hmm. in what they were pursuing. Yeah, They were unified in focusing on their first love. They were, you know, in those things. Because when they fell away from that, that's when the warnings came in Revelation. When Jesus relayed some things to John, tell these churches this, you know, you've lost your first love. You've come back to your first love. You know, you know those kind of things. You've fallen into doing things for me. It's admirable, but you've lost your first love. Yeah. You know, um, and so I, I think that I really believe that if we pursued that more as a body and we encourage each other to do that, that's to me is what, I don't know, what do you think? That to me is what real accountability is. If I if I'm encouraging someone to be like, what is Jesus saying to you about this? Yeah. As opposed to, what you, you shouldn't doing? be doing that. If I'm focusing on negative behavior in person, on a person, as opposed to positively and reinforcing them to chase Jesus. Yeah. That to me is what real accountability should. Yeah. Be. I mean, it's just as simple as you know, what is Jesus? You know, when you you I don't know the answer to this, or I don't know if I should or shouldn't. Have you sat with Jesus? Have you talked to him about mm -hmm. it? And and sometimes, again, I know that there's that you might be because I've been here. Right? There's moments where um, one of the things that I've tried to do is when we sit together and I, you know, it looks different for each person. I'll ask him, how do you want to spend this time right now? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we put pressure on ourselves even for it to look a certain way yeah. and it doesn't have to. Mm -hmm. But I just like if you're in that space and you're hungry and you want to go deeper and you feel like you're not sure of what that can look like. Um, it's okay to ask other people who have who have that relationship, yeah. and and even if it's kind of funny, even if it's like copycatting in a sense, even if that means if they you know they say okay, I sit and read the word for this 
amount of time and then press into him or whatever that mm-hmm. is, it's okay to, to try to figure those things out. Yeah, absolutely. To, because what will happen is you'll start to, he's really good at talking to us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it just takes slowing down and that intention and realizing that he doesn't talk to all of us in the same way. Yeah. But he's also so good at not letting us miss things. Yeah. So the pressure truly is off. He knows your heart and he's not just going to say, okay, you just sit there forever and Mm -hmm. I'm never going to speak to you. And it might be, again, we want you to, to be encouraged to have an open mind because I have found that, again, yes, we need the word because that's truth. But he talks to me personally, I've said this before, in music. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Christian or even people that aren't Christian, right? Secular music. There will be moments where I have a question or a thought because I'm saying, Lord, I, I'm listening to you today, now, mm-hmm. or what, what's on your heart. It'll show up in a song and it's confirmation. And I know it's from him because he made me to love music. So he's going to tell me that way, yep. right? Um, things like that, right? Maybe it's through music, maybe, or sorry, movies. Maybe it's through um, somebody at your work says something, or there's a lot mm-hmm. of things in which, in ways in which he's going to talk to you. Um, and, that's but, a, and you make a good point. That's a great yeah. thing to ask other believers that you trust or that you respect and, and honor that you've had, you have a deeper relationship with is asking them how they do that. Yeah. Because, you know, we always say, well, everybody's got their own prayer language. But what we don't say enough is a lot of people have the same prayer language. Yes. And by, by talking to people about that stuff, you might discover that this individual connects with Jesus in a way that you can very much relate to. Right. That you may not even have considered. Yeah. And when they say, well, I do this and the Lord shows up in my life in a major way, it might bring you to life. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I, that would speak right to me yeah. if I started doing that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, like just like you said, you you experience Jesus through music. I experience him oddly enough through movies. Yeah, and that's what another one I've said. Which I is so funny do. because yeah. Hollywood is so secular. Yeah. But there'll be a movie every once in a while that will have like a one line sentence, and I'll, it'll move me to tears because it hits me somewhere deep. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the movie. It has nothing to do with the story or even the acting or anything. It may be actors I don't even like. Yeah. But that moment and that in a line of dialogue will get me in a place that's like, oh my gosh, the Holy Spirit was all over that. Yeah. Like I, I, that just hit me somewhere personal in my journey, in my relationship with Jesus, that sentence yeah. or that line or that scene. Yeah. And it'll stick with me forever. Yeah. You know, I, I'll hear the background soundtrack music to that scene years later, and it'll remind me of that scene. Like it's, yeah. it, it hits me deep. Yeah. So yeah. finding that is a big deal. You're right. Yeah, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just that, just, you have permission to explore with him. Yeah. And because again, right, every single thing in the world can be tainted, but everything that's creative and unique was birthed from the one who made us. Yeah. So don't just like go on an adventure and have fun and mm-hmm. look for Jesus in the most obscure places. Absolutely. And in the things that your heart is drawn towards. Mm-hmm. Because I tr- promise you, he's there. Yeah, I mean, we've done a, that's a prior podcast. If you haven't heard that, we actually talk about that, that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of adventure. That's where we get that cliche from. Yeah. So who better to try new things with in relationship than with the one who inspires adventure in human beings anyway? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's humanity that, that wraps up 
relationship and and religion with a nice tidy bow of fear. Yes, fear. we do that a lot. That's yeah. why Paul and others in the Bible, you know, admonish and exhort readers by saying, you know, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, yeah. but a power of love and a sound mind. Right. You know, a lot of the time we won't stretch out with the Lord because we're afraid. Yeah. It's you know, and we we somehow, but we label it with other words like. Well, I'm just using discernment or wisdom right now. It's like, no, you're afraid. Mm -hmm. You know, trying out and stretching out new things like you do in any human relationship. Those of you who are married, every time you take a chance in a relationship, sometimes it pays off big time. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't, and you laugh about it later. Yeah. You know, let's try this new restaurant, and you both go, and it's awful. And then you're laughing about it constantly anytime that story comes up. Or you try out something new, maybe we'll both like it, and you find out you both really like it. Mm -hmm. And now it becomes a new thing in your lives that you connect with together yeah. in a way that you never thought was a thing before. Yeah. I mean, we've discovered that in our marriage oh, yeah. in the last few years. Yeah. It's like, let's try this. And we both realize, oh my gosh, we both love this. Yeah. And yeah. now we do it all the, all the time. Yeah. Because it's a new way to connect together. Yeah. You know? And one of those things, too, before we wrap up is with Jesus, it's that. He is Lord and He is Master, mm -hmm. and there is an absolutely a need for obedience. However, when He says, "I'm no, you are no longer slaves, but friends," mm -hmm. He means that as in, like you have again, you have permission to explore with Him. Mm -hmm. Because if you're worried about saying or doing the wrong thing, or offending Him, or dishonoring Him, trust me, the fact that you're thinking about that. Yeah. means that the Holy Spirit who is within you is greater yep. and he can convict you, which also just means he's got a better mm -hmm. opportunity for you to w think or live. It's not, oh, you you know, I don't like that idea or you shouldn't be thinking that way. It's He's not He's not like that. He's not wired that way. And, and so just, just it's, it's not one of those things where you have to beat yourself up over yeah. and strive. If there's not joy and there's not peace and there's not... Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you're not, you're not realizing that you're, there's, you're having fun in the process. <laughs> it's, yeah. You're not doing it right. Absolutely. Let me just say that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Someone, I'm not, I'm saying that because I'm that person. I, mm, I really am. I try so hard to connect with him. And sometimes I think he's saying, you know, I felt him in times being like, are you just. Yeah. Will you, you relax? relax? Just, yeah, just relax. Out. Just breathe. So just breathe. Just be. Mm -hmm. And sometimes just being is all he wants mm -hmm. and all that's required. Right. Yeah. That's really so. good. Yeah. So we hope this encourages you. And again, if, if you, I can't emphasize this enough, and this isn't us selling anything, but if you are a free subscriber, we can't, we can't encourage you enough to at least to look into the option of being a paid subscriber. We put these podcasts out every week and there's a lot of stuff we know that God is all over. And we know could really affect and change your life if you give it a chance. Yeah. So just give that a th some time uh, to pray about, to think about. Um, we can't wait to hear more from all of you and hear your feedback. We really want to hear how you're experiencing Jesus right now yeah. and what he's saying and doing in your life mm -hmm. um, on in a really deep level. We love hearing that stuff. And um, we, are, we can't wait to speak again and put the next podcast out next week. So until then, we'll see you later. Bye, everybody. Bye.